0: Well, for the second consecutive Tuesday, we are down the steel, man. As he put it yesterday, he is taking a cruise down Root Canal. It's a one-day cruise. He'll be back with us tomorrow. But for the next two hours, here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, I am Parker Thune. I got Connor Pasby with me. And we, of course are anticipating a Big 12 schedule release. I say that, Connor, and we've been anticipating a Big 12 schedule release for quite some time, but it finally seems as though we are on the precipice of it. 1 p.m. So, 1 it's p.m. Coming. allegedly. Yeah. We finally allegedly, did it. Yes. That's allegedly it's happening at 1 p.m. That's the plan. Now, first hour of the show brought to you by year Home Comfort Systems, owned and operated by the great former Sooner Tim Lasher, family-owned, and operated since 2007, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area for all your heating and air needs, 405-579-3113. Again, 405-579-3113 to get in touch with Lasher Home Comfort Systems. If you want to hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line today, as we progress throughout the show, 405-651-3439, although so many of you already have that number saved in your phones and text us a great deal. Connor, I'm not sure which is more astonishing to me, the fact that Tattoo Baker has all this time on his hands to churn out fabricated news, or the fact that so many people
1: fall for it. Yeah, you had the Baker one. Now you have Tattoo putting out the OU schedule and then had a bunch of people believe in it. Like,
0: here's the thing. I got so many texts about that fake schedule, so many copies of that fake schedule sent to me, and it would be from people that were like, I I got this from a very credible source, someone who's (laughs) spot on about this type of thing, pass this on to me. And so in turn, I would have to inform them Hey, whoever sent you this fell for a Tattoo Baker deepfake.
1: Did you see the zoom in on the very bottom? It caught me. I didn't notice it till later on, but it says not the actual schedule <laughs> in font, but you can like barely see it.
0: Oh, man. Oh, Tattoo. What a legend. Gunny of Stutsman, Ari on the text line, says, Maybe sometime today, hopefully, they release a schedule. Yeah, that's what we're all hoping for, Gunny. By the way, people... People are crazy in general, and if there's one thing this industry has taught me in the several years now that I've been in it, it's that there are crazies literally everywhere. And yes, Ronnie Crimson on the text line says, in Tattoo Baker, we don't trust. No. (laughs) Um, Listen, folks, it's generally a good idea to verify these kinds of things, and if you see an edit that looks like an official Oklahoma edit in every respect except the font, that the opponent's names are listed with. That's generally a good indication that it's not real. And generally, if you see a schedule edit circulating on Twitter before it's announced by the University of Oklahoma, that's another indication that it's not real. But look, aside from that, I just saw this as we were going on the air. So, Adam Schefter reported yesterday that Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL. It's going to keep him out for six months. And... I tore UCL back in the day playing baseball. Yeah, it's not good. Wanna, it, no. <laughs> no. No, it's not fun at all. And I was sitting there on Sunday watching the game, and I'm like, why on earth is he in the game but not throwing? If you're not going to throw down 24 points in the fourth quarter, why do you continue to trot Brock Purdy out there? Literally just have anybody on the sidelines who has a functional arm volunteer to play quarterback the rest of the way because that's the only situation in which you have a glimmer of hope but Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL it signed him six months and I quote tweeted it uh the report from Schefter and I said yesterday's fourth quarter makes more sense now because speaking from experience you definitely can't throw at least not overhand with a torn UCL and this rando in my mentions goes hashtag Rigged, nothing wrong with Purdy, but the sheep by the script, hook, line, and the sinker. Is
1: that right? Wow. Yeah, but you you cannot do anything with the tourney cell. I think he did. He had one screen pass, but that's about it, dude. You can't throw overhand whatsoever.
0: I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I hate social media. Oh yeah, I hate it. If I didn't have to be on social media for my job, I would not be <laughs> on social media. Social media is where the absolute worst of humanity reside. 95% of Twitter is a cesspool. Now, the other 5% is wildly entertaining, i.e. Tattoo Baker building an entire brand around fake news and still getting people to fall for it. But 95% of Twitter is an absolute cesspool.
1: And those are the comments you just can't stand. Gunny says basically Tommy John surgery right uh, to repair the UCL. Yes. 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 Exactly. So that
0: is the surgery that you would need to repair. I yeah. never had Tommy John. I just let my UCL heal organically. But <laughs> if you have a reason that you need your ACL to be functional again, i.e., you're an NFL quarterback, Tommy John is usually the surgery that you're getting to expedite the process. Um, from the 918 hey parker a very reliable source told me that levy is going to take the indiana graduate assistant job and we're replacing him with saban don't shoot the messenger hey <laughs> brandon shelby's on staff at indiana yeah. there's the connection jeff levy to bloomington but you know it's interesting apparently nick saban can't find himself an offensive coordinator
1: yeah ryan Grubb staying at washington jeff levy
0: staying at oklahoma so until Cliff Kingsbury gets back from Thailand, or should I say unless Cliff Kingsbury gets back from Thailand, I don't know where Nick Saban turns
1: now. That's Yeah, that's one of your few options you kind of have right now. I mean, no Levy, no Grub. Grubb was already making some good money at Washington, which makes a little sense. but And the expectations
0: are far lower yeah. at Washington. The pressure cooker is far less intense in what is it? Seattle is where the university stress is. stress free job at Washington. Yeah, and you get to live in the Pacific Northwest. It's beautiful, yeah. Now, yeah, it is beautiful. I don't know. There are very differing opinions on the Pacific Northwest. I get it rains a lot, but hey, it's a peaceful place. Much more peaceful than Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I've been to Tuscaloosa. Now, Alabama's got a beautiful campus, not taking anything away from the University of Alabama, but Tuscaloosa is probably not a place I would choose to live.
1: Did you see that video circulating? The Miami, on social media, the Miami? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just talk about Saturdays and Sundays are for Tuscaloosa.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? You know what else? Saturdays and Sundays are for football. Exactly. And they play a heck of a lot better brand of football. They win yeah. at Alabama than they do at Miami, which is why you saw Julian saying there in the background, going, <laughs> righty then." Somebody said Art Briles won't turn down the Alabama offensive coordinator job. <laughs> now. <laughs> It's is probably never getting another job in college football, but, like, if there's one person that could hire him and face absolutely no backlash for it, it's Nick Saban. Oh, yeah, it
1: is, yeah. Because he can
0: do whatever he wants. He's the mafia boss.
1: Had his chance at grambling. That didn't go uh, too sharp at all. How long was he there? Like, months? Uh, um, yeah, maybe, I think, a month or two. Weeks?
0: Yeah, it was not long. <laughs> um. Patrick said on the text line, Heard Big 12 looked at moving OU Texas by a week or two, and everybody flipped out. How credible is your source on that, Patrick? i gotta got to run everything through a filter now in the air comfort solution. I mean, we, we
1: do have something with the well, the TCU schedule getting leaked out uh, yesterday.
0: Yeah, the black,
1: the, the black Friday to end the regular season. Was that what it was? Yep. OU-TCU on Black Friday? Black Friday. Interesting. I had a lot of people, or a lot of people were in the comments not liking that, but, I mean, I mean I'm I'm all for that.
0: Ronnie Crimson says, Rick Patino is the new Alabama OC, per my source. Tattoo Baker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick Patino would be a great cultural fit at Texas A&M right about now, I can tell you yeah, that Yeah, you would. Uh, Tattoo Baker's schedule was much nicer than what the Big 12 schedule will be to OU, said one listener on the text line. Yeah, what do we think this is going to look like, Connor? You think... Oklahoma and Texas are going to get the meat grinder on the way out because the Big 12 still has a bone to pick with them.
1: Maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean they could move or OU Texas maybe a week back or just keep it the same spot. But I'm just intrigued to see what the road games really look like. I know Provo's a really attracting uh, away game for OU. I know a lot of people want want that road trip, and I'm I'm for them. Provo would be a pretty cool place to go play uh, BYU.
0: Now, to the best of my knowledge, and again, there's been so much conflicting news and intel and reports and rumblings, but to the best of my knowledge, because I've heard it from so many people at this point, so many people that I would consider reliable on the matter and well informed, to the best of my knowledge, the road trips that Oklahoma is going to be making in the new Big 12, i.e., the road trips that we are yet unfamiliar with as Sooner football fans and reporters, are BYU and Cincinnati. Yep. Which I'm all for. I'll go eat skyline chili for a weekend if it means I get to go to Provo. I'm gonna be in my element in Provo.
1: Which oh, OU did have that away game, uh what was it during the Landry Jones time against Cincinnati, but it was actually a play at the Bengals Stadium. So it'll be the first time in my not is that the first time OU's ever been or traveled to uh Cincinnati? Uh no, they
0: were up there in what was it? They played a home and home, and I think it was 2010 and 2011 with Cincinnati. So they were up there once before. They but, but won that, that, was, of those that was that was the year they
1: played at the Bengal Stadium. I was thinking outside of that.
0: Oh, so they so they wouldn't have played. I'm pretty on sure they played. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure they played at the Bengal Stadium okay. that year.
0: See, here's the thing. Now I can't believe anything I see on the Air yeah. Comfort Solutions text line. Somebody said Brendan Radley Hiles. Is being hired as a GA at USC, which, all uh, mule shoe beef aside, good for Brendan Radley Hiles if that's the case. He's a really good dude. I feel for him after everything he went through at Oklahoma and having to transfer out and drawing the ire of the fan base. Now, listen, he made some really dumb plays on the football field, but for anybody that got to know Brendan Radley Hiles, he is a very nice, very professional. Yeah. Uh, very well intentioned human being, an absolute gentleman off the field, and he was great for the Oklahoma locker room for the f- three seasons that he was in Norman. So again, if if he's actually getting hired as a GA at USC, that's great. I love that for him, but I have no idea whether that's true or not. <laughs>
1: So I've guess I'm guessing the 1 year in the NFL just didn't work out. I knew he played in a few preseason games. But... Yeah,
0: I don't think he made a 53 man roster, no. which I mean the odds were stacked against him from the get-go just cuz he's so small. And when you're that small, you really got to be a dog if you're going to crack it and be up to snuff in the NFL and I just Yeah, I don't I never saw that happening for Buki. but again, awesome dude, I hope that's true. I really hope that's true, but I just read it off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and half of you text in legit and this, stuff, and half of you text in Tattoo yeah. Baker-esque BS. I have no idea.
1: Is this a real—this can't be a real tweet. I'm Schefter shows him tweeting 20 hours ago that Tattoo Baker Big 12 schedules legit confirmed. Yes, that's very that's, obviously yeah, fake. That is fake. That's, that's just very fake. obviously fake. that's the stuff that yeah, we just don't need.
0: Okay, we're going to hit a <laughs> quick break here, and when we return, we will continue— Uh, to, I suppose, buzz about the forthcoming Big 12 schedule that we're anticipating within the next hour here. Again, uh, I was talking to Plank on the way out. He said 1 p.m. is probably a little bit fluid right now, so maybe, just maybe, it doesn't drop right at 1. Hey, maybe it doesn't drop at all today. Maybe we're still waiting when our heads hit the pillows tonight. But regardless, we're going to have a Big 12 schedule at some point soon. We know this much. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Steelman and Thune at noon. Parker Thune and Connor Pasby here with you until two p.m. Stay with us on the Home of Sooner fans. Welcome back, Steelman and Thune at noon on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune and Connor Pasby here with you. Steely will rejoin the show tomorrow after his twenty-four hour cruise down Route canal has concluded. Air Comfort Solutions text line available to you all throughout the show, 405-651-3439. New OK Preps offer out today to 2024 defensive back Michael Patterson-McDonald out of Westmore. Now, a couple of interesting things to note here. Uh, One, he's an OU legacy. Two, he is best friends with David Stone. So... I know I kind of made a resolution that we weren't going to talk about David Stone's recruitment until June, unless goaded to by the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But, as far as this new offer is concerned, this offer out to Michael Patterson McDonald, uh, from the early conversations I have had uh, with both Michael and people around him, Going to be very surprised if that kid doesn't end up in Oklahoma sooner. And if indeed he ends up in Oklahoma sooner, it would stand to reason that old boy David Stone is not necessarily going to follow suit, but Oklahoma's pitch to him certainly becomes a lot stronger. You lock down the best friend, that's not going to hurt your case. So that will be something to watch moving forward.
1: He's a he's a really good athlete, another in-state kid, 5'11, 170. And yeah, in that tweet he said with uh, receiving his first division 1 offer from Oklahoma, he tagged David Stone and best friends with him. So I, it would be man, it'd be huge to get him and that helps
0: you to get David well, Stone. Well, And you know what he told me too was that it was a three-way FaceTime call when he received the offer. It was a three-way FaceTime call with Todd Bates and with David Stone. So, David Stone was on the FaceTime call with Todd Bates when Michael Patterson McDonald received his OU offer. And anytime any kid gets their first offer from Oklahoma, that's one you make note of and earmark because it's not something that happens all that often. Generally, if Oklahoma is first to the table with an offer across the board, but particularly with in state kids, it's going to be really, really hard for any kid that gets their first offer from OU, especially a kid that grows up in the Sooner State, not to wear the crimson and cream eventually. Yeah, so. especially,
1: well, yeah, especially being at the first offer, and Oklahoma's always on your calendar of places to go when you grow up around football and grow up a Sooner fan and have ties to Oklahoma. <laughs> this text, I was told today by both Sooners and Miss, uh, Michigan State fans that Stone is going to Michigan or Michigan State, and should I should stop tweeting at him, says Ronnie Crimson. Ronnie Crimson, you do your thing, man.
0: <laughs> you do you. Don't listen to the Sooner fans. Don't listen to the Michigan State fans. If they need any proof of concept, point them to the Phil Pachati campaign last summer. Ronnie Crimson, you know much more than any of the clowns that are trying to deter you from – Tweeting at David Stone until he commits to Oklahoma. Uh,
1: you you, lo- you love to see Venables and the staff going to going to get err with these in-state kids. I mean, I I really love to see this.
0: Uh, Sugar Shane in Newcastle said on the text line that he let's see let's get to that text. Three of my close friends coach varsity at Westmore. He bleeds OU. Speaking of Michael Patterson McDonald, and he's a hell of a player. They think will grow by the end of his senior season but yeah it's it's going to be real hard for Michael Patterson McDonald not to end up in OU Crimson. And the Oklahoma staff did a phenomenal job with this evaluation and they just happened to luck into the fact that he's very very close with David Stone as well. So, this is significant for multiple reasons. And going forward, the David Stone recruitment is going to be a whale of a thing to follow for months and months to come. But again, does it solidify David Stone to Oklahoma? Not necessarily, but it doesn't hurt OU's case. Not by a long shot. Uh, As we prepare for the release of the Big 12 schedule, Connor, here's my question to you. Who is the one team in the Big 12 heading into 2023 that you would most like to see? On Oklahoma's schedule, i.e. automatic win. And I ask that because there are no automatic wins in the Big 12 these days, as evidenced by the fact that Oklahoma just lost to West Virginia this past November. But B, who is the toughest test outside of—I'm going to take Texas off the table because we know that game is on the schedule. We know it's going to be on the schedule every year. And I'll take Oklahoma State out of the picture, too. So of the games that may or may not be on the schedule— most difficult opponent and easiest opponent as you look at what the landscape of the new Big 12 is going to look like.
1: Toughest, I'll still uh, stick with uh, TCU. I mean, they're not going to have as dynamic of a season as they had last year, but I think Dykes will still have them ready to go. Chandler Morris at quarterback. So I'll stick with TCU. I know we saw the league schedule, so we plan on playing TCU at the end of the season. So toughest, I'll go TCU. If you want, if you want an easy win on the schedule in the Big Twelve, I would go. I would go Kansas. I know the season that Kansas had, but I'll put the Jayhawks on there.
0: I don't know what to think of either of those two programs right now because I think what Lance Leipold is building at Kansas is extremely sustainable as long as he is there. By the way, Kansas has 85 scholarship players on their roster for the first time in like a decade. That's crazy. Yes, that's nuts. Like, think about that for a second. The situation has been so bad at Kansas for the last 10, 15 years that they haven't even been able to field a full 85-man roster of scholarship players. They can't get enough scholarship players to play football at the University of Kansas. That's how dire that situation became. And amidst it all, Lance Leipold stepped in and within two seasons had, had Kansas, excuse me, in a bowl game once again and by the way that was a classic that they played against Arkansas that was
1: just crazy yeah but now they have a yeah now they have a full roster they can now match up and have the same same number of guys oh man on the sideline and then you have TCU
0: and I'm just not really convinced and I don't want to take anything away from TCU and what they accomplished in 2022 because it was remarkable but I've said it time and again I will continue to say it I think you could pl- you could replay the 2022 season 100 times over and TCU is never in the BCS National Championship game or the College Football Playoff National Championship game, excuse me. Again.
1: Well, they, they it had... was
0: a perfect storm of circumstances yeah. that resulted in them rising all the way to the top and to the precipice of glory against a Georgia team that ultimately proved to be a buzzsaw that nobody was going to stop.
1: Yeah, it's had so many things go your way. Dude, that that Baylor game when he rushed out the kicker with under 10 seconds left and just calm and collective hits that field goal to keep the the undefeated season alive. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. They had so many things go right their way, and if you played the season over and over, yeah, they probably don't go undefeated in regular season.
0: A listener on the text line out of the 918 said, toughest game will be Kansas State, and I think I agree with that. Now – From what I have heard, there is a very good chance, I would say a likelihood, that Kansas State is not on the schedule. But to me, I feel like we've gotten about to the point where, again, if you are setting the Texas game aside, because that rivalry series is an institution in and of itself, if you're setting that game aside, I think perennially, Kansas State is the toughest game in the Big 12 for Oklahoma. Kansas State's won three of four against the Sooners. And the one that Oklahoma won, boy, did they have to sweat it out up in Manhattan.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's just always a tough task against the Wildcats every single year. We'll see what Kansas State does this year, but yeah, I don't think they're going to fall off. Dude, that coaching staff, they have them, They just have them going. They match up in the trenches off, on the offensive line and in the defensive line.
0: That listener also said the easiest game will be Iowa State. Iowa State's another one of those teams that I don't really know what to make of them. No, I don't know either. Has Matt Campbell hit his ceiling as a coach? Are they ever going to be as good as they were in 2020 again? Was that the tip of
1: the top for Iowa State football? I know. It's it's crazy how the turntables with Matt Campbell, everybody wanting him, and then ever since – Dude, ever since that, they just haven't been able to put together a good season at all.
0: I think a lot has been due to the reality that, A, you don't have Brees Hall on campus anymore. And Brees Hall was that offense's meal ticket for the three years that he was there. But also, they just haven't had consistent quarterback play. And regardless of who you are, which conference you play in, inconsistent quarterback play is enough to unravel a season which is I I always bring up the example of Iowa, right? Iowa year in and year out perennially by just about every measure is not just a good team defensively, but an elite team defensively in the landscape of college football. But their ceiling seems every year to be no more than 9 wins, maybe 10 in a good year because their quarterback play has never had any semblance of consistency dating back years and years and years.
1: Yeah, bro- I mean, Brock Purdy didn't live up to the hype, but, dude, last year's quarterback play for Iowa State was just was just brutal. When they had Bryce Hall, he was a- he was able to carry the load for that offense. They just don't have that anymore. They just don't have any offensive weapons. The defense is still there for Iowa State, but offensively, no. Keep lighting up
0: the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We're going to hit a quick break as we roll into the bottom of the hour. Here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, Steelman and Thune at noon. First hour brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Parker Thune and Connor Pasby here with you on a Tuesday. You are listening to the Ref, the home of Sooner fans. It is the Ref Sports Radio Network, Steelman and Thune at noon. No Steely today as he recovers from... How do we how do we put this in sporting terms, Connor? If you had if you had a player on the injury report who was being held out due to a toothache, how would you list that?
1: That's a good question. You Try can't really
0: categorize it as a head injury.
1: No, because
0: people see head injury, they think concussion. We'll come up with an official designation for Steely later. But yes, in the, show. the toothache,
1: but... the toothache came back. He was good for a day or two, but yeah. It, at the end of the day, it came back.
0: On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, four oh five, six five one thirty four thirty nine. We are fielding all of your questions, comments, and concerns all day long. Again, we are anticipating that there will be a Big 12 schedule release while we are on the air today. Don't know that for certain, but to the best of our knowledge, that is what we have to look forward to. Looking forward to the release of Oklahoma's 2023 Big 12 schedule, which I am told, Connor, there's a very, very good chance that this is the last year Oklahoma has in the Big 12. So this might be the last opportunity to have to go up against the likes of Well, Oklahoma State in Bedlam because we know that rivalry is going to be on hold for at least several years when Oklahoma makes the move to the SEC. Think about all the classic battles Oklahoma has had in recent years with a team like Kansas State, for instance. Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) there it is on the text line for the 918 mike steely has been placed on the ir list due to a maxillary anomaly (laughs) which is causing significant pain in the oral cavity and jawline oh yes thank you oral (laughs) complicated this is this is getting oh man oh so here we are waiting for the release the of oklahoma's big 12 schedule uh again I mentioned it to lead off the show. To the best of my knowledge, and I don't think anybody has authoritative knowledge of what the schedule is going to look like yet. We're all waiting on the official release. But to the best of my knowledge, the road trips that Oklahoma is going to make to the new destinations in the Big 12 are BYU and Cincinnati. Let me ask you this, Connor, and this is something Steely and I have talked about for several months, but I'm curious to hear your take on it. As Oklahoma prepares for what is likely one final season in the Big Twelve, what type of season would you categorize as a success? What do you feel Oklahoma needs to do on the gridiron in 2023 in order to be able to feel good about what they accomplish?
1: I think, t- or 10 and two and 11 and one. I mean, makes sense. That we're, that's what we're hoping to get back to after the season we just had. So I think everyone will be happy with. You know, eleven to one, getting a Big Twelve championship game, see what you can do, and hopefully uh, get into the playoffs. But we'll see how it plans out. We'll see what the schedule looks like, and see if the Big Twelve puts those tough games toward the end. Those tough road games uh, against Cincinnati and BYU. We'll see where they where they're placed uh, in the season. But yeah, I mean, I think I think ten and two and eleven one would make perfect sense. Uh, Maybe three or four losses, and we'll get some frustration, maybe a little bit. Well, and that's
0: the thing. That's the thing. Everybody would love a one-loss regular season and a berth in the Big 12 championship game. The natural question that follows is how realistic is that coming off a year in which the Sooners went 6-7? and And to be honest, Connor, I feel as though a lot of the same issues that plagued Oklahoma in 2022 – have the chance to plague them in 2023 unless what you get in 2023 is a whole bunch of young guys that step up and make the leap because think about what held Oklahoma back specifically on the defensive side of the ball in 2022. They were not deep at linebacker. They were not particularly strong up front. And so You lose Jalen Redmond. You lose Jeffrey Johnson. Both those guys were – they had pretty ho-hum seasons, all things considered. But you bring back Ethan Downs. Uh, Isaiah Coe is probably a guy that you can solidly pencil in as a starter on the interior. But outside of those two guys, I don't know if there's a clear answer as to who starts up front. You could have uh, R. Mason Thomas working his way into a starting role. I think I'd probably consider that the most likely outcome. Uh, you could have Rondell Bothroyd, Trace Ford, even a true freshman like P.J. Atabare, all rising up the depth chart uh, and becoming starters. Reggie Grimes, let's not forget about him. And then at defensive tackle, you bring in a couple transfers and Jacob Lacy and Devon Sears. Don't really know what you're going to get out of those two. Lacy's probably the safest bet, but the point is there are a lot more questions than answers right now on the defensive front. And that's not to say the answers won't come. We just don't know what they are right now. Linebacker depth is one thing that I worry about with this program, and we've talked about this. The Sooners had David Agwebu, Deshaun White, and Danny Stutzman all take north of 85% of the defensive snaps in 2022. Now, moving into 2023, yeah, you'd anticipate it's going to be Stutzman, Desan McCullough, and Jaron Kanick that are your starters, but beyond that, who can you count on as rotational pieces off the bench? Shane Witter is a guy that's going to be coming back from a major shoulder surgery. Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie didn't see the field a whole heck of a lot in year one. I'm really excited about the three true freshmen that Oklahoma's got coming in, and Lewis Carter, Samuel Masigo, and Phil Pachotti. but a true freshman is a true freshman, and it's going to come down to how quickly they grasp the cognitive and mental side of playing linebacker in brent menable's defense which is always a tall task and then you got the sooner's bonus signee in taylor heim who's going to be putting pen to paper tomorrow i think he plays linebacker in the long term although uh, they haven't officially made any designation yet uh on the text line a listener of the 918 says a veteran quarterback is all you need O U lou said undefeated and big 12 champs <laughs> Again,
1: not sure how realistic that yeah. is. I mean, but. you did mention linebacker. I mean, depth is still going to be a little bit of an issue at linebacker, but I think you feel a lot better up front on the defensive line, what you have coming back with Isaiah Coe and some transfer portal additions. I mean, I talk about Trace Ford all the time, but, dude, when he's healthy, he's one of the best edge ed rushers in the conference. That dude's fast coming around the edge. He's very physical, very athletic. And then Adobare kid, freshman who I think can – He's gonna have every right to be able to play right away. I mean, that dude's ready to go. So we'll see how the the front seven looks like. But I think you feel a lot better uh, with the defensive line and around the edge. All right, I'm just gonna say it, and we're just gonna get this
0: clear right now. Somebody asked on the text line: Is there any update on the Levy to Bama rumors? Man, I mean, just so we're clear, I don't care if the text is tongue in cheek or not. We will no longer be addressing any texts that referenced the possibility of Jeff Lebby becoming the offensive coordinator at Alabama. It's not happening. We have reported this for weeks, not just on this show, but all throughout the day on KREF programming, that there's never been any substantial reason to believe that Jeff Lebby would be the next OC at Alabama. That conversation is officially off the table. We will no longer be entertaining it.
1: Yeah, it stirred up the textures even more with Ryan Grubb not going to Bama, just staying at Washington.
0: Ryan Grubb and Jeff Lebby are two guys that Nick Saban has now pursued and has failed to land. And again, we talked about at the top of the show. It makes me wonder, who does Nick Saban go after now? And... Dan Mullen is a name that's been thrown around. Freddie Kitchens is a name that's been thrown around. Oh, no, that's not pretty. (laughs) To be fair, I think think Freddie Kitchens is a decent coordinator. He's just a terrible head coach. But that's neither here nor there. So now the question becomes, uh, who does Alabama turn to as their next OC? But that's a question for Bama insiders to deal with. That is not a conversation that we need to continue to have uh, in Sooner country because Jeff Lebby is officially off the table for Saban and his program. So, so we prepare to hit another break here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. When we come back, we'll continue to field your texts. We'll talk a little bit of recruiting, lots of folks asking questions that pertain to Junior Day this past weekend, some new offers that have gone out. So we'll try to hit as many of your recruiting texts as possible. On the other side, as we wind down this 12 o'clock hour, Steelman and Thune at noon. Keep it here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref. Well, here come the schedule leaks. They are rolling. It's the Ref Sports Radio Network. Steelman and Thune at noon. Parker Thune, Connor Pasby here with you. And allegedly, we are no more than 10 minutes away from getting the full schedule release for Oklahoma in the 2023 season. And what that means is the Brett McMurphys of the world are starting to leak out information and factoid upon factoid um, about what the schedule is going to look like, not just for OU, but for teams across the Big 12. Um, McMurphy tweeted seven minutes ago that the final Oklahoma State OU Bedlam game in Stillwater will be November 4th. Uh, Both ADs informed Action Network, which I guess is Brett McMurphy's employer now. What is is Action Network?
1: It's a... (sighs) It's a sports betting Interesting. app, yeah.
0: He says Bedlam series will end for the foreseeable future when OU joins the SEC in 2025, or 2024, as the case may be. That's me interjecting. That's not McMurphy tweeting. But uh, that is the date for the last Stillwater Bedlam game, November 4th of this year. I am sifting through uh, my Twitter feed right now. To find all these other – I mean, they're dropping minute over minute right now uh, updates on what the Big 12 schedule like how, is like going to look
1: like. I like how Brevin Murphy at the end says next year's Bedlam finale will be in Norman, just assuming that Oh, yeah. he goes to the SEC and in I 2025.
0: Just, I'm just not entirely convinced that that happens. I'm not convinced at all that we get a final Bedlam game in Norman. There's a very good chance – That this game on November 4th, 2023, represents the last Bedlam meeting between these two programs until Oklahoma
1: makes the move to the SEC. Um, Man, I wish they put the schedule out just at one time instead of just leaking stuff. The TCU leak, and now Breck McMurphy saying that Bedlam will be November 4th. So now you got two games um, off your checklist as you're getting ready for the 1 p.m. schedule.
0: On the text line, a listener in the 918 says, I want to know the schedule just so we can hear Teddy rant about making a new road trip. Well, tune in at 3 p.m. for all of Teddy Lehman's inevitable opinions on the Big 12 schedule. By the way, Brandon Marcello, our tremendous national college football reporter at 24-7 Sports, did tweet 12 minutes ago that the full Big 12 schedule will be released at the top of the hour. So, again, assuming all the reports line up, assuming what everything we have been told is accurate, we're five minutes away from finding out what Oklahoma's full schedule is going to look like.
1: Well, the Big 12, 12 schedule has given us a countdown. Tweeted five minutes ago, 10 minutes, and hashtag free the schedule.
0: Hashtag free the free schedule. Free the schedule. Huh?
1: Yeah, well. Well, we've been, we've been waiting.
0: Okay, let's get to some recruiting questions here as we close out our number one here on Steel Man and Thune at noon. From the 972, Parker, who is your favorite running back To Marco is recruiting in the 24 class? Now, we talked about it yesterday in the aftermath of Junior Day. Right now, Oklahoma has established themselves as the leader for, at the very least, five or six running backs in the 2024 class. Five or six good running backs. That list consists of, I'm going off the top of my head here, Taylor Tatum, Caden Durham, Stacy Gage, James Peoples, Jeremy Payne, and Xavier Robinson. There are legitimately six running backs that could very well end up in Oklahoma's class. And I know there's a seventh, Nate Palmer, out of Decatur, Texas, another four-star kid who's very high on Oklahoma as well. I just think it's probably too late in the game for him to become a legit target for the staff. He was supposed to take an unofficial visit in November but missed his flight, which I'm also like, why, why are you flying from Decatur? It's like a, <laughs> like a two-and-a-half-hour yeah, drive. Yeah, you don't
1: need to do that. But regardless,
0: I think, s- there, I think there are six running backs that conceivably could end up in Oklahoma's class among the group that I just mentioned. All six of those guys, excluding Palmer, could realistically be Sooners. Now, I said it yesterday, I'll reiterate it, If I had to guess, and again, there's really no telling. There's a reason I haven't put any crystal ball predictions in. It's because it's going to be a feeding frenzy, and it's going to come down to who's willing to commit first. But if I had to guess, I'd be willing to bet that the two running backs that end up in Oklahoma's class in 2024 are Caden Durham and James Peoples. That is my best guess. But there are far worse problems to have as a staff and as a program, Connor, than having too many running backs that want in. Too many blue-chip running backs that want in.
1: Yeah, you already got some good, solid, young running backs right now, but, man, heck, it doesn't help to you know, bring in another one of those four-star running backs to DeMarco Murray's uh, position group.
0: Uh, from the 918, sounds like if you want to be a running back in the 2024 class, at Oklahoma, you better hurry up and jump on the train. And yeah, again, it's going to come down to who's willing to jump on board first. And I don't necessarily know who that's going to be. A lot of these guys have visits planned for the month of March, the month of April. I'll be curious to see how many of them follow through on those plans. If, for instance, one back becomes the first to commit to Oklahoma, because at that point, if you got one spot occupied, there's obviously only one left. And Guys are going to be falling over each other trying to lock down that second spot. So, Demarco Murray turns out that guy can recruit. Everybody wrote him off. It's nice having
1: Demarco Murray.
0: Everybody that wrote him off after the uh, Kamar Wheaton fiasco, well, turns out Demarco didn't write back. All right, that's it for hour number one. Hopefully, we'll have a Big Twelve schedule when we come back for hour number two. Steel Man and Thune at noon. Keep it here on the Ref. We're going to Provo, baby. Come on. Provo, Utah. Provo, here we come. Hitch up the wagons. November 25th, 2023. No, I take that back. I'm looking at the wrong date. I misinformed November 18th. <laughs> all of you. Right <laughs> off the bat, I've already misinformed all of you. November 18th, 2023. Oklahoma's going to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, baby. This is the only thing I wanted. Out of this Big 12 schedule release. And yes, those of you tuning in with us at the top of the hour, we do have a Big 12 schedule release on time. Tweet it out at 1 o'clock p.m. exactly by the Big 12 conference. Props to everybody that was involved in the coordination of that announcement. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Steel Man and Thune at noon. And I, Parker Thune, am personally overjoyed by this schedule release. I don't know how you feel, Connor Pasby, but again, as we had talked about, and I'd mentioned that the best intel I had suggested that the two new road trips that Oklahoma will be making were Cincinnati and BYU. Yes, indeed, Oklahoma is going to Cincinnati on September 23rd, and they are going to BYU on November 18th. And no K-State and Baylor.
1: On OU schedule as well. Uh, and
0: you know what? That kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. Because I really like the road trip to Manhattan. I really like the road trip to Waco. I know everybody's got their favorites when it comes to road trips on this schedule. Those happen to be mine. I really like going to Manhattan. And I really like going to Baylor. So, I'm kind of disappointed that those two games aren't going to appear on the schedule. But in other notable news... Dylan Gabriel's going to get to play his former team at Owen Fields, ou UCF, on October 21st, right here in Norman. Pretty cool.
1: Man, I love how BYU's late in the schedule, too. Go at BYU and then come back to TCU at home to close the regular season.
0: Now, this schedule release is somewhat disorienting, visually, I'm not going to lie. Because all 14-team schedules are l- laid out in grid fashion next to one another. So, trying to take it all in at once is a little <laughs> bit overwhelming. But here's what Oklahoma's schedule looks like, folks. Arkansas State at home on September 2nd, as we knew. SMU at home on September 9th. Tulsa on the road on September 16th. September 23rd, as we just mentioned, the Sooners go to Cincinnati. September 30th, they come home to face Iowa State. The Red River Showdown is on October 7th. And on the other side of that favorable rivalry series, Oklahoma does get their bye week. Then they come home to host UCF on October 21st. They go to Kansas on the 28th and to Stillwater on the 4th. They host West Virginia on November 11th. And then... Best day of the year, they go to Provo the following weekend, November 18th, to face off with BYU. The season finale, as Connor had mentioned last hour, occurs on a Friday, Black Friday, November 24th, as the Sooners play host to TCU. So, as I look this schedule over, the Sooners have six home games. They've got five true road games, and then, they, of course, they've got the neutral site game against Texas, which is a designated road game, I believe.
1: I'll, I'll admit the home games are not very attractive to me at all for OU. What do you think the best <laughs> the best home game uh, matchup is? Best home game
0: matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think that season finale could be super intriguing yeah. depending on what kind of team TCU fields. Uh, I'm really eager for that. Well, I guess it's not a homecoming for Dylan Gabriel because it's in Norman, but an opportunity for him to play his former program. But, man, I, I would not look past that game against SMU on September 9th. I think that's going to be a really fun game. I think SMU has very quietly been as solid a group of five program as you will find in the country over the last
1: few years. Have you had a chance to look at Texas? Yeah, Texas is I think they got they got a kind of tough. bad end, man. yes. I mean, they could easily start this thing 3 and 3.
0: That is a tough draw for the
1: University of Texas. I'll go through Texas. You got uh Rice at home, and of course you go to Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa against Alabama, come back to Wyoming at home, but then you go to Baylor. Uh Kansas at home, and then of course OU Texas. So man, they could easily start the season 3 and 3.
0: And then on the other side, how about this? They got Houston on the road. That's intriguing. They host BYU, they host Kansas State, they go to TCU, they go to Iowa State, and then they host Texas Tech.
1: If I'm a Texas fan, I'm I'm not liking this schedule at all, dude. That that's a tough that's a tough draw. They got Baylor,
0: they got Kansas State, neither of which Oklahoma got. They got Houston.
1: Didn't Houston just win double-digit games? Yeah. Yeah, or did they? I mean, I hope they won nine, or maybe they did get ten.
0: I'm trying. To, no, they they did not win. They won eight games. Okay, eight. okay. So it wasn't quite a good, se- quite as good of a season as it was as existed in my memory. Uh, let's see what you are saying on the Air Comfort Solutions text line about this schedule. Patrick says, "Pumped for Black Friday." Reminds me of Nebraska games back in the day. Yeah, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, dude, it's awesome. Black Friday. You'll be one of the few games on Friday night. Get all the attention. So yeah, I'm I'm all for that. I don't know why we were getting some negative comments about uh, OU te- or OUTCU being on a Friday. Okay, from the 918 with that
0: schedule, Sooners ought to go 12 and 0. Here's what we're gonna do next segment. We're gonna play this out, <laughs> matchup by matchup. We're gonna give our knee jerk reaction predictions, record predictions for Oklahoma. The we'll be honest.
1: We'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, look, and look these
0: these will change. We have no idea what Oklahoma's team is going to look. Yeah, like yeah. In 2023, there's gonna be so much new. Not until this spring game on April 22nd, where we really have the opportunity to see what this team is made of. But they are knee-jerk reactions. They will be our knee-jerk reactions. Uh, Looks like Oklahoma and TCU is not the only Black Friday game that's being played. Texas and Texas Tech are also playing
1: on Black Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah, same week. Yep, yep.
0: I don't know how I feel about Black Friday games. I'm going to be honest.
1: Well, that's on that's, the weird, that's like, where they have
0: Texas and Texas
1: Tech it's, on. A black, yeah, it's know.
0: probably because I have to cover the games.
1: <laughs> if I were yeah. sitting
0: at home, I'd be, I'd be completely down for Black Friday football because you're still in a food coma from Thanksgiving, right? But as someone who has to travel to cover these games, I don't know that I love having to hightail it from wherever I may be spending Thanksgiving. All the way back to Norman, Oklahoma, because I can promise you I will not be spending Thanksgiving in Norman, Oklahoma, Connor. I have no, no family yeah. here, yeah. so yeah. it never huh. makes sense for me to spend Thanksgiving in Norman, Oklahoma. Looks but, like I've got a lot of textures that love the schedule, though. Uh, yep, Patrick said, absolutely love the schedule. Uh, somebody said, some people think Texas's schedule is easier. I, yeah, a- absolutely no, not.
1: I'm just looking at this. No way. No way. Not a chance. Uh, Would have liked to
0: have played T- or Kansas State one more time, just since the series goes back to the old Big Twelve days. Yeah, if, there,
1: if there's one team that I take off, it's West Virginia, and I put it in K State. Patrick said, "This is the happiest
0: I've been in years."
1: <laughs> um, Oklahoma State
0: avoids Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, and TCU. Yeah, yeah so, so
1: man, so Baylor's not yeah because not they're not playing OU and they're not playing Oklahoma OSU. State. Got
0: all four. Of the new Big 12 teams. Yeah. Oklahoma got three. They didn't get a matchup with Houston. Oklahoma State got all four. So they host Cincinnati, they host BYU, and they go to Orlando and they go to
1: Houston. Yeah, Oklahoma
0: State honestly has a rather easy schedule.
1: Yeah, you got some... uh... Yeah, not not tough road games for Oklahoma State for sure.
0: Yeah, well, their non-conference schedule consists of Central Arkansas, Arizona oh, State, no, and South Alabama. Yeah, that that's... ought to be 3-0. <laughs> and They got Iowa State uh, on the road, Kansas State at home, Kansas at home, West Virginia on the road, Cincinnati at home, OU at home, UCF, Houston on the road, and he closed it out with BYU at home. So, don't
1: Don't know what to expect from Oklahoma State this season, but if you look at their – yeah, if you just look at this new schedule – you feel pretty good, I mean we, to, to the start of the schedule,
0: we got a couple listeners worried about jet lag, don't love Provo followed by hosting TCU the next Friday. oh boy, jet lag leading into Thanksgiving weekend
1: that yeah, that is an interesting last two games for you, but
0: yeah, no I can i I can see why there's always that one game year after year when whenever the schedule gets first released, where're just based on the circumstances, you're a little bit wary of it. I think for most people, last year when the schedule released, it was that Iowa State game, which was initially scheduled for a Thursday, coming off a bye for Oklahoma. Because, of course, you get the bye week, you get the downtime, then all of a sudden you got to turn around and play a road game on a Thursday. Now, obviously, that game ended up getting rescheduled, and Oklahoma went to Ames on a Saturday and won 27-13. But there is always that one game, as you look at the schedule for the first time, that you're apprehensive about, and so I can understand why that TCU game to close out the regular season uh, has some folks uneasy.
1: Yeah. So right West West Virginia got all four new schools. Looks like too.
0: Uh, somebody said so. Obviously, there are two divisions in the new Big Twelve. Is it North and South? I I don't know if they've officially designated divisions. I don't think they have. Uh, no. Not that. No.
1: Not to my knowledge. Yeah. If they
0: looked at. Uh, Oh, boy. Doug, Doug pointed out in the text line, no K-State, no Baylor, no Tech. All three can say they won the last meeting with Oklahoma. Man,
1: that's true. Yeah.
0: Assuming oh, a 24-0 to the SEC.
1: Yeah. Though. So. Sheesh. <laughs> Someone said the Big 12th is protecting Texas from Oklahoma State. Oh, Yeah. Uh, f- from the nine one eight, one one hour of jet lag isn't going
0: to make a difference. No, I don't think it will either. I was just kind of – it was kind of a ch- tongue-in-cheek observation that the text line was worried about it. But, no, I, I don't feel as though Oklahoma will have uh, much to worry about going to TCU, even with a short week coming back from Pro Bowl. Yeah. At Other... a- any time you're going to Amon G. Carter Stadium, especially at night, if that's a night game, you know that's one of those it's one of those environments where things can get wacky. Wait no, I I
1: Oklahoma's hosting TC. Yeah, this is hosted, so confusing yeah. I, to me. Dude, I, I keep forgetting which is or what the gray so is, so for you you what the this, is for and what white. So as you look at this
0: as you look at the schedules it's laid out visually. Home games are in gray. Road games are in white. I very much wish there was more of a distinction yes, between these. Yes, please. The two. I know. Because half the time I look at the schedule and I'm like, "Okay, gray, home games." And then half the time I look <laughs> down and I'm like, "Oh, gray, those are the road games." So I have I, I have that bone to pick with the Big 12 schedule release, but we got it on time. We know what Oklahoma's 2023 slate looks like. It's about all we can ask for at
1: this point. It's, when... a, it's a boring home schedule, but, man, I love these last two games. Two Provo and then come back to TCU on a Black Friday. All right, when we come back
0: on Steelman and Thune at Noon here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, we are going to play this schedule out one game at a time, and, again, we're not necessarily locking in predictions because these predictions will change as we learn more about Oklahoma and we learn more about the opponents on the schedule uh, throughout the spring and summer. But knee-jerk reactions to each of these 12 games of the schedule and whether they are wins or losses for Oklahoma when we return. You're listening to the ReF Sports Radio Network. The Homa Sooner fans, keep it right here. It is Steel Man and Thune at noon. On the Ref Sports Radio Network, Parker Thune and Connor Pasby here with you on a Tuesday as Steely recovers. For those out of the loop, he's had a recurring tooth issue over the last week, week and a half or so. So that has him sidelined today. I'm told he is having the tooth extracted, and we expect him back to 100% for tomorrow's show. But in the meantime, Connor and I have you covered until 2 p.m. here on the Ref. At which point Tyler McComas and I will get you locked in on all things Oklahoma football and recruiting. But of course, the news that is fresh in this one o'clock hour is holy crap, Connor! I just got completely distracted because I looked up and I saw that Tyler Huntley have has been named to the Pro Bowl. Yes, like that's that's how you know that the Pro Bowl literally does not. It's matter a joke
1: anymore. now. I know it's a joke.
0: Like, in case you needed any further evidence that the Pro Bowl was completely meaningless and useless, that is it. A
1: backup quarterback just got named to the Pro yeah, Bowl. Yeah, if you but, watch if you watch Tyler Huntley against the Bengals, you would not think he's a
0: Pro Bowl quarterback. No, no, and he is not. Uh, somebody from the 918 says, "I thought Steely had the best dentist. He does. That's why he's only sitting out one day with this tooth extraction."
1: Yeah, many other people would be be out for a few weeks, but not Steelman.
0: Okay, Connor, we teased it coming into the segment. Let's get to it. I want to look at this schedule top to bottom and decide whether each of these wins, at least as things stand right now, is a win or a loss for Oklahoma. So let's run through this. I'm just going to say Oklahoma goes 3-0 and in non-conference play.
1: Yes, we they can do can, that.
0: All three of those programs are Respectable. But Oklahoma just has the caliber of athletes that none of those three programs do or could have with their current state. So we're going to say Oklahoma goes 3-0 and in conference play. Cincinnati on the road. Win or loss? I'm going to win. I think they get the win in Cincinnati. I agree with you. Now, Cincinnati's been a good program as of late. They just lost their head coach in Luke Fickle. Anytime you lose a guy like that that had the program, people forget. They went to a college football playoff at the conclusion yeah. of the 2021 season. This is a program that is not that far removed from being really, really good, but Luke Fickle's not there anymore. The guy that was the architect for that program is no longer there. I, I don't, will say Oklahoma wins.
1: I don't think it's going to be easy, though. I mean, I think they're going to fight for it, but I think they get the win. Well, Certainly especially when you're coming off a
0: 6-7 and seven campaign, you're never taking anything no. to the bank. <laughs> no, you're not. Iowa State at home. I believe the Sooners win that contest.
1: Yeah, they win. Yeah, Iowa State's just yeah struggling now and they won't be any better from last year, so yeah.
0: Alright, so we're saying 5-0 and for Oklahoma through five games. Then, you got the Red River Showdown. Not going to bring up what happened last year because we all understand and we also all understand that if and when Oklahoma has their starting quarterback healthy for that game, you're not going to get a result that comes close to replicating what happened in 2022. So, Texas, October 7th, in Dallas, at the Cotton Bowl,
1: win or loss? I think they lose. I'm just going to be realistic. I think OU, yeah, loses to Texas in the Cotton Bowl. They'll start the season 5-1. and one. And then they'll have a bye week after that to get back on track. But Ooh, I have, okay. I I'm just be, I'm just being honest. Texters, come on now. Con-
0: Connor's gonna be the cynic. I'm gonna be the optimist. I will be the glass half full guy. I think on the heels of that 49 to zero whopping last year at the Cotton Bowl, Brent Venables and the Sooners come out eager to prove a point in 2023, which is that that game was not the start of a trend. I think they win. I think they are six and zero. Heading into the bye. Do they, Do they win the bye week? I'll give them the slight. They, they win, but they don't cover. Okay. Uh, UCF at home. Dylan Gabriel playing his former team on October
1: 21st. Yeah, he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, that's a that's a win in the books. Uh, in Norman against UCF, yes. Okay. Kansas.
0: I, I agree with you, by the way. I think they beat UCF again. Oklahoma's just going to be far more athletic top to bottom than the Golden Knights. Kansas on the road in Lawrence. Sooners had to fight off some demons the last time they went to Lawrence.
1: I think they do the same, fight off some some demons, but uh, that Kansas defense is just not very good. I think it'll be a high-scoring game, but uh, OU gets to win in Lawrence.
0: I think Lance Leipold has this program very much headed in the right direction, and I am a big believer in Lance Leipold and have been since day one at Kansas. I've been very vocal about that. I don't think Kansas is ready to take down Oklahoma. I think they're still a year away, and honestly, if they're still a year away, we may never know whether they're capable of taking down Oklahoma because there's a real good chance Oklahoma's in the SEC at that point. But okay, I, I think they win at Kansas. They're 8-0 right now. Oklahoma State in Stillwater. The Sooners lost 37 to 33 in Mule Shoes last stand the last time they went to Boone Pickens Stadium. Win or loss?
1: They win. I don't know what to expect from Oklahoma State. It's going to be a rowdy environment in Stillwater, but uh, they get the win. I think Oklahoma State's going to have some struggles this season. Oklahoma
0: State is just uh, – I, I don't know how you can feel optimistic about the direction of that program right now. And maybe Nard Dog, Brian Nardo, turns out to be a fantastic hire. I don't know. But you lose your starting quarterback in Spencer Sanders. You lose the talent on both sides of the ball that Oklahoma State lost, both to the draft and via the transfer portal. And it's really tough to believe that this program is going to be a bowl team in 2023, if I'm being quite honest. Alan Bowman was the third stringer at Michigan. He's presumably going to be the starter at Oklahoma State. That speaks volumes. Win, 9-0. West Virginia, at home, November 11th. What that, are we thinking?
1: That's that's a win. I mean, you had to fight it off in Morgantown with some bad weather. Uh, it was really a defensive showdown against West Virginia. I don't think West Virginia is going to be very good this season. I think it's an easy win for OU.
0: Okay, I agree. I think that West Virginia loss, again, much like we talked about the Texas game being the perfect storm, that was the perfect storm in the sense that Oklahoma never had a prayer contending in that game. The West Virginia game was kind of the perfect storm in that West Virginia managed to make every single play that they needed to make to eke out a victory. I think the table's turned this time around. Oklahoma is 10-0. and Okay. Two now we get tough. I'm going to give you these last two as a pair. <laughs> oh, man. LaBelle Edwards Stadium on November 18th to face BYU. Then you come home to play TCU on Black Friday. What do you think of those last two?
1: Yeah, I think this is a really good uh, BYU team that just keeps getting better, and they were solid last year. That game against Baylor, man, that atmosphere that BYU had—I mean, they're going to be ready to go November 18th later in the year. But I think OU goes down and gets a win. That's the only one, or the only one loss I have on OU's schedule is I think Texas, and then you'll get the win against BYU in Provo. And then they beat TCU and on they beat Black Friday. TCU, yes.
0: Okay. Here's where. <laughs> here's where <laughs> I'm putting the loss on the schedule. I think I think they beat, beat I think they beat BYU in Provo on the road. I think they come home. I think there's that opportunity for complacency to set it because you're 11 and 0 at that point. If my prognostications hold up, and you're probably already looking ahead to the Big 12 championship, you're looking ahead to Thanksgiving. You're looking ahead to anything but the TCU Horn Frogs, especially after, as I imagine will happen, they have the inevitable drop-off that you experience after getting so close to being a national championship program in a year where really you had no business playing for a national championship if one thing goes differently here and there so many times along the way for TCU. So... Oh, trap game. Trap game on Black I, I, I'm Friday. I'm saying this is the trap game. I'm saying this is the game that Oklahoma drops. I'm saying they finish the regular season at 11-1. and one. They're still playing in the Big 12 championship. But I think as things stand right now in January, Oklahoma wins their first 11, and then they lose, at T- or they lose to TCU to close out the regular season. There you go. Both have it at 11-1. and one. The text
1: line does not like you. I know, yeah. Which, you know, we've all been there. You'll get through it. but just, just going based on what we saw last year. I know we didn't have a quarterback with Dylan Gabriel, but you know how OU Texas always goes.
0: Uh, on the text line here, some somebody in the 918 says, 12-0, and 0, bro. <laughs> Another says, 3-0 non-conference. Cincinnati win, Iowa State win, Texas loss, UCF win, Kansas win, Oklahoma State win, West Virginia win, BYU win, TCU win. Okay, so that listener is completely on the same page with you. The only loss in their mind comes against Texas in the Cotton Bowl.
1: It's the same story we talked about last year with the schedule. You know how preseason we talked about how great of a schedule this looks for, uh, for Oklahoma to go 11-1 and 12-0. and so I'm just, being, I'm just being realistic here. Guy from Geyer on the text line said, Friday
0: night at home with everything on the line, shades of Tech in 2008,
1: TCU gets it handed to please, him. Please, dude, bring back 08 against Texas Tech, please.
0: Uh, somebody on the text, here we go, I knew this text was coming. LOL, here we go, local media hypes up OU as title contenders, <laughs> then wonder why fans get so mad when the team oh. goes 6-7. and seven talks down to us like we should have expected a rough season. Clockwork. Now listen. I want to be clear about one thing here. Nobody said the words national championship this segment. No, no. We did not even broach that subject because be honest, th- that's an expectation that's probably a little bit unrealistic. Some people aren't going to like to hear that. You just went 6 and 7. It's going to happen in steps. It's going to happen in waves. It's not going to be the type of deal where all of a sudden, boom, Oklahoma's right back in the college football playoff. Now, looking at this schedule, Oklahoma, I think, will have the firepower, and they evaded some of those potential pitfalls like Kansas State and Baylor to the point where if they go 11-1, and if they win double-digit games,
1: I'm not going to be shocked. It does help not having Kansas State on that schedule. If they did have Kansas State in Manhattan – would you count that as a win or loss? I'd probably say they lose that game. Okay, yeah.
0: I'd probably say that's a loss. Just because Kansas State has got their number, man. Um, we're getting all sorts of texts. And again, I want to emphasize that these predictions are
1: going to change. Well, I pe- will probably... people, people hate when we say 11-1 and or 12-0, and and then we get some frustrated fans about us calling or saying which loss is going to come on the schedule, but.
0: Yeah, and somebody from the 918 said, Parker thinking TCU is going to be just as good next year. Crying, laughing emoji. I, I, I literally said word for word, I don't think TCU is going to be just as good next year. But I think that's going to factor into that last game of the season being a trap game, a potential pitfall for Oklahoma. But we get lots and lots of reactions on the text line in the immediate aftermath of those predictions, as could be expected. But we're going to get to all of your texts and more If you have schedule predictions, you have opinions, air them out. Let's hear them on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Your opinions are next as we continue to break down Oklahoma's 2023 schedule. It is Steelman and Thune at noon on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Keep it right here. Y'all got a lot to say on the Air Comfort Solutions text line about this new schedule for Oklahoma. Parker Thune and Connor Pasby here with you. Steel Man and Thune at noon. Sands Steely on this Tuesday. It's the Ref Sports Radio Network. The home of Sooner fans. Second hour of the show brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Pauls Valley. Exit 72 is where you will want to head for a phenomenal deal on a new or used vehicle with the Seth Wadley Auto Group and lock down that outstanding promise of oil changes and engines for life. On newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Now, as we turn our attention back to the text line here, a uh, couple things have been pointed out. One, Baylor got eight home games. One listener in the 580 noticed that. All three of their non con games are at home, they host Texas, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Houston, and West Virginia. They only have four road trips UCF Cincinnati Kansas State TCU only four but they're all tough they are all tough and to a certain extent that kind of balances it out but uh Baylor with eight home games I don't think there's another team on the schedule
1: well their f- the first four game ga- yeah the first four games are all at home.
0: <laughs> they don't, don't got to go on the road until the very last weekend of yeah. September when they head to Orlando. Sooner Todd says, thank God I'm safe from batteries getting thrown at me. Aren't we all grateful for that? From the 7 one BYU going to be tough. Improving team, possible weather, packed and loud stadium, new defensive staff at BYU, going to be exciting. Yet you can't look past that one no. if you're Oklahoma. Now, another listener said way too early to start prognosticating. Last year everyone had OU as a playoff team. Let's get through spring healthy, get through the second portal round, get through the summer grind with more arrivals, and see what the team has to offer. Look, I'm on board with that. Again, we're not locking in these predictions. We're not cementing these. These are knee-jerk reactions and nothing more. And again, as I look at the schedule, here's what stands out to me, Connor. There are three teams on this schedule that beat Oklahoma a season ago. Texas, extenuating circumstances. West Virginia, uh, we know that's sure as heck not going to happen again, especially with the game in Norman this year. TCU being the third. And again, TCU to me, I have that penciled in right now as a loss, especially on Black Friday, short week coming off that trip to BYU. I have TCU over Oklahoma on this schedule. It, then that is my knee-jerk reaction. Again, that may change. But the point is, yes, Oklahoma went 6-7 and seven last year. But no, it is not unfair and it is not overly optimistic to look at this schedule and say, yeah, Oklahoma ought to win the vast majority of these football games. They ought to go 3-0 in non-conference over Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. They ought to beat the Big 12's two new additions, two of the Big 12's new additions in Cincinnati and UCF. They ought to beat Iowa State at home. They ought to be able to take down a downtrodden Oklahoma State program in Stillwater. They ought to be able to get revenge on West Virginia. They ought to be able to go to Kansas and win. And again, I think Kansas is a really exciting program that's trending in the right direction under Lance Leipold. They're not on Oklahoma's level yet. They're just not. So to me, the three games that I'm most concerned about are Texas, BYU, and TCU. But among the other nine, I don't think it's unfair, and I don't think it's irrational to say Oklahoma should win all nine of those other football games.
1: Yeah, and those three losses they have on the on this new schedule right here, who you lost to last season, Texas, uh, West Virginia, and TCU, you can easily get revenge. And the three other losses, you don't have them on the schedule, Baylor, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. Dude, I think it's huge not having Baylor and Kansas State uh, on this new o- or schedule for next season, that helps out Oklahoma a lot.
0: Oklahoma Jones said, "I love people that tell you it's way too early to make predictions." Thanks, buddy. Maybe you should not talk about anything that you can't be a hundred percent about. <laughs> yeah, listen, I I cover recruiting. If if I couldn't talk about anything that I couldn't be a hundred percent about, I wouldn't have a job.
1: Well, wouldn't they they, dro- they dropped the new right. schedule, so it's hard not to just look at these games and figure out. What, or what the win-loss column is going to look like for you?
0: Angry Ronnie said three of our losses from 2022 are not on the schedule. Yep, that's right. Uh, no Texas Tech, no Baylor, no Kansas State. A listener in the 405 said the fact that you're Oklahoma in the Big 12 means it's always a possibility to win 11 games. Shark said, will the BYU game be a 10 o'clock mountain time start to finish <laughs> the rooster kickoff screwings?
1: I am going to be pissed if that's a day game in Provo. They better not do that. Uh,
0: listener in the 405 said, TCU game is on a Saturday, not Friday. Nope. Check the schedule again on the release that the Big 12 put out. It's in parentheses. You will see. Yes, the, the week of date at the top is November 25th, but you'll notice on Oklahoma's schedule there is a small uh, notation under that TCU matchup that designates it as a Friday game. So Pro-
1: Provo's going to be cold, dude. November eighteenth, and we what a we possibility of getting some snow. Hey, give me promo. some snow, man. Please.
0: Give give me a game in Lavella Edwards Stadium with the snow covered mountains in the backdrop. By the way, so I was I was scrolling through my Twitter feed after this schedule got announced, and uh credit to Twitter user J Boogie for this one. Apparently, Utah does old-school soda fountains where you sit at a bar and they whip up concoctions of sodas. It's popular because Mormons don't drink alcohol. I've heard the sodas are fantastic. Oh, my gosh, nice. Connor. <laughs> I cannot wait for Provo. Yes,
1: that sounds awesome. But, yeah, it, dude, it would make it so much better if it was snowing in Provo. That OU-West Virginia game in Morgantown, dude, that was just awesome.
0: Somebody asked on the text line, Parker, who does TCU play the week before OU? TCU is at... No, not at. They're at home against Baylor. Gosh, this gray home game thing it's just, on the yeah, it's just throwing, schedule yeah, graphics continues hard. to throw me off. But they host Baylor the week before they go to Oklahoma.
1: TCU's got a tough last three games. Texas at home, Baylor at home. Or, excuse me, gosh, now I'm getting it wrong now too, Parker. Good <laughs> grief.
0: It, it'll get you tied <laughs> up very quickly. Oklahoma Jones also added if OU can't get better with venables and the staff to have a chance to have only one or two losses then i'm super concerned with our future again as i look at this schedule and as we know from 2022 what should happen does not always happen but looking at this schedule top to bottom OU should finish no worse than 9 and 3 to me 9 and 3 has to be where the baseline expectation is set if you can't go 9 and 3 on the schedule then yes i have concerns
1: when you should win every game at home. That's the thing. Just looking at the schedule.
0: yeah, and again, you're, you're
1: just worried about the neutral site game against Texas, and then obviously Provo, and then come back with TCU to close the regular season. Yeah,
0: TCU's the one home game that I'm a little bit uneasy about, but you ought to beat Arkansas State, SMU, Iowa State, UCF, and West Virginia. Those ought to be five relatively easy wins at home. Realtor Chris said, Mormons don't drink. Tailgating there is going to suck. <laughs> Listen, just because Mormons don't drink doesn't mean you can't, Realtor Chris. You are welcome to drink. I personally do not drink, which is why you will find me that weekend in Provo, posted up at an old school soda fountain.
1: This V Dog says seven and three BYU at nine and one OU. Not sure what. So he's thinking
0: BYU will be seven and three by that point.
1: Maybe I guess they.
0: So they have.
1: Did it make it even better if BYU is like a top 20 or top 15 team
0: yeah so BYU's non-conference schedule consists of Sam Houston State uh, Utah Tech formerly Dixie State and Arkansas and then they go Kansas Cincinnati TCU Texas Tech Texas West Virginia and Iowa State before they play Oklahoma so yeah realistically I could see BYU being seven and three yeah it's
1: just just that Arkansas game uh, at the beginning of the year I think that's, uh, that's
0: certainly a bowl team in the year of our Lord 2023. No doubt about it. Uh, in the 918, listener says, BYU, nice place to play, day or night. Yeah, you look at pictures of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's, that's why I can't wait to make that trip. It's been far too long since I was in the state of Utah. And having been to the state of Utah on multiple occasions, it is gorgeous.
1: Well, dude, watching that Baylor-BYU game, that place was just electric. Yeah. No, they
0: they packed out that stadium, too. Apparently, not surprisingly, it's a very wholesome environment, despite yeah. being raucous. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Uh, Realtor Chris said, I wondered if you would pull an man. Well done. Yeah, I didn't read Realtor Chris's previous text word for word because the FCC limo would have had to pull into the parking lot. But
1: <laughs> That's right, yep.
0: Uh, Las Vegas Sooner says, PT, my only complaint is playing at LDS University. In the same weekend as Formula One in Las Vegas, I'll still be in Utah. Boomer. Las Vegas sooner, I'm gonna be honest. I've never watched a Formula One event in my life. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the majority of the text line is on the same boat. But hey, <laughs> if Formula One floats your boat, then by all means uh, he did say he'd still be in Utah. As long as you're
1: still in Provo. Yes.
0: If you make if you make the decision to just stay home and go to the Formula One event. None of us will fault you, and we will send you real-time updates from the Soda Fountain. And By the way, open invite anybody who wants to show up at a Provo Soda Fountain with me Friday night before the game. We're going to make it happen. If you are there, let's meet up. We will link in Provo. Shane in Newcastle said we could honestly go four and eight. Shane, do not speak that evil, and please explain to me how downer. Shane, once
1: again, I'd
0: love to know. I think honestly, for the sole fact that Jackson Arnold is on the roster, or will be on the roster, I should say, it's going to be pretty near impossible for Oklahoma to go four. (laughs) There's no
1: way. Oh man.
0: Whoa! Here's another. Here's another point that Austin made on the text line: Texas plays ten games in the state of Texas. The two out of state are Ames and Tuscaloosa.
1: That's wild. Yeah, because you got to count in Rice and Houston. That that is crazy. <laughs> Sheesh, man. Yeah, that's that's, so that's although that that's schedule is of. tough. Yeah, that's unheard of. There ten is ten games in Texas. There's not a whole
0: lot of travel that will need to be made for the Longhorns. Somebody on the text line said, Hell yeah, PT, let's go to a soda fountain and pick up a couple of wives. Now, I don't know about all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'll be at the soda fountain. You're welcome to come as well. All right. Back to wrap up the 1 o'clock hour. Coming up next to on Steel Man and Thune at noon. Keep sending those texts. 405-651-3439. Hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Back for one final segment when we return on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Back with you here on the Ref Sports Radio Network for one final segment as we close out Steel Man and Thune at Noon. Parker Thune, Connor Pasby here with you on a Tuesday. Second hour of the show brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Pauls Valley. Air Comfort Solutions text line open for your final opinions, questions, thoughts, 405 651 3439 Gunny of Stutsman army says, "Oh yeah, I could see it now. Parker, Tyler, Travis and myself all show up to a soda bar. I'm sure there would be a couple flasks brought with us." A couple
1: flasks. I mean, oh, listen, man.
0: if you're a flask type of guy, Gunny, I'm just I'm just letting you know that by all means, do your thing. I'm just having a soda. Las Vegas sooner says PT skip the soda and get their custard. Mormons love their ice cream. Hey, I love my ice cream as well. You would think isn't you you can get like an ice cream soda at a soda yeah. bar, right? Like that's yeah. one of the things that they do if it's like truly old school. So maybe I'm, I'm thinking maybe like a root beer float. That's kind of my yeah. speed. You know you know BYU will
1: have their have their ice cream cu- ice cream ready.
0: Well, and I'm counting on there being some quality root beer in the mix too. Yep. So, I'm thinking root beer float in an old school soda bar in Provo Friday night before BYU. If you're in town, we're going to link up.
1: 918 says undefeated Oklahoma versus undefeated BYU in a top 10 primetime matchup. <laughs> it's tough to think
0: about now, but you remember you remember the COVID year where BYU I believe went undefeated through 8 or 9 games and gosh, was it was it Liberty or was it Coastal Carolina that finally ended their Coastal.
1: Yes, it was Coastal Carolina. Okay. Cuz yeah, Coastal Carolina hosted her our- yeah, they had them at home. And then it
0: was Coastal that I think Coastal lost to Liberty in bowl season, if I'm not mistaken. That's what it was. Uh, from the 9 1 guy won't be sober for that game. And then Creed he said, would he just. Said, <laughs> <laughs> he tacked on a picture of Creed Humphrey carrying a kick. Ultra. Of, yes. Oh, Creed. Creed, live <laughs> it up, man. You're going to the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, Doc who is up in Coos Bay, Oregon says, if it wasn't finals week in coastal Oregon, I'd see you all in Provo. Hey, good luck, Doc. Keep doing your thing up there in Coos
1: Bay. Appreciates your consistent love. Yeah, I think I think everybody's getting their line. ticket. I think everybody's getting their tickets to Provo.
0: Apparently, Houston plays 10 games in the state of Texas, too. Interesting. I haven't really had the brain space yet. Uh, to be able to process all this, but yeah, now as I look it over, they're only road trips because they have outside Texas. Yeah, because they, ha- they have they have U
1: they have UTSA and Rice. To their first four games are against Texas opponents. Parker.
0: Yeah. Let me say, instead of going to Georgia, I guess Stetson Bennett should have went to BYU. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been an interesting cultural fit. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us here on Steelman and Thune at noon. We'll have Steely back in the mix tomorrow for Connor Pasby. I am Parker Thune. Thanks for rolling with us on the Ref Sports Radio Network, home of Sooner fans. Locked in comes your way next. Again, it is the Ref. Keep it right here.